0: This is Dawn Shereen, and this is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar. Well, tonight we have a guest named Chris, who is going to talk about what it is to be the child of a bipolar parent. So here we go. Let's talk to Chris.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Hello. How are you?
1: I am doing good. How are you doing, Dawn?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm glad that this is working because <laughs> my I've had tech issues all day today. So it's like, this is fantastic that it's working. Yes,
1: it's because I did. a I recorded an episode with one of my friends, a podcast that we kind of do together sometimes. And yeah, we had all types of issues. So I am happy that this is working.
0: Yeah, me too. So let's run with it while it's working. You
1: know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's do that.
0: So um, let's have let's have you introduce yourself to the audience a little bit, and then we'll get a little <clears throat> bit into uh, what the topic is that we're going to discuss tonight.
1: Okay, that works for me.
0: Okay. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your family, um, your childhood, if you want to, um, you know, what it is that, what it is that brings you on my show tonight.
1: Okay. So do like a, like a full intro, like yep. everything. Yep. Uh, go ahead. Right, well, <laughs> uh, well, thanks Dawn for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Chris and uh, I am uh, of the, I'm an elder statesman, I say, cause I just turned 39 uh, this past January. So I'm old. I'm originally from New York City like I was born and raised in the city so I was born in Harlem and I lived there until I actually lived on like Pleasant Avenue so which kind of like dissects like Harlem Spanish Harlem right so I lived on Pleasant Avenue I lived there (sighs) I want to say I lived there until I was like six and then i moved to the bronx and i lived in the bronx until i was 16 and then i moved to brooklyn and so then i lived in brooklyn until i was 18 and then i moved out of my house and i moved in back to the bronx so then i lived in the projects i lived in washington houses in the bronx so i lived there uh the first couple years i was in college so I lived there until I was twenty, just about twenty, almost twenty-one, and then that's when I went to school and I went to uh, college in Iowa to play football. So oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so I've been kind of all over the place. So uh, I've and then I've, uh, I'll be on your show and talking about, I guess, mental health and bipolar. Um, within all those moves, which we'll probably get into. As the show progresses, mm-hmm. is me dealing with my mother's severe untreated bipolar disorder, which stemmed from severe violence to paranoia to uh, kidnapping, and <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting show that you have. me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: so we're gonna talk about a lot of different things. Yeah. So that's so- me in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> wow well that's a pretty big nutshell um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you were how old were you when you like figured out that there was something different in your family was it like were you very young or did your mom mask it um to the best of her ability
1: it was right about five or six like mm-hmm. like right when you could start like as a kid when you can start understanding okay, I'm getting punched in the face for no reason right now. Like, when you can kind of start to put that together, it was about five or six. And then I was like, okay, this is not right. Or I guess I shouldn't do that. I was able to put it together with my sister that things were happening seasonal, like it's summertime. Like, why is my mom completely different during summertime than she is during the regular part of the year? or start to noticing signs like, okay, my mom's smoking is picking up. My mom's drinking is picking up or the paranoia is picking up. Oh, okay. My mom's about to have an episode and or my mom's uh, generosity is picking up. That's another thing. I, that's a thing I, I don't think they cover so much when they talk about people that are bipolar or, or when my mom, when I was little, this is in the eighties, it was manic depressive. Right. right. Yep. And then so, uh it was like one of her manic episodes but within those manic episodes she would get very generous she, she'd give you a lot of things so she'd give you money or she'd like come home and have like a bag full of toys which was in when you grow up she'd be like oh my god this is awesome but it was like a harbinger of doom
0: that oh, just out of
1: nowhere i have a bag full of gi joes oh, like this is not gonna end so when I, was like, <laughs> when I was like five or six, I would say I started to notice it. And then as like when we moved to the Bronx and I got older, eight, I would definitely say about seven, to eight years old is when it was like definite. Like, okay, it's summertime. It's going to happen. And you could like time it like clockwork. Okay. It's right after the holidays. It's going to happen like clockwork. And you could kind of judge your year by my mom's wow. um, different states.
0: So she would cycle so it would be depression during the like holiday season and then come summertime she would be all up in manic or
1: it would no, it was multifaceted. No. Like she would start off manic and then by then it would just completely devolve into depression. Like it was never where it would say well, she would just be completely just manic and she would be up. No, it would start off with her like not sleeping, right? that would be the man. So she just wouldn't sleep. So then because she didn't sleep, she didn't let you sleep.
0: You sleep. So,
1: so she'd wake me up. There was times when I was in high school and I know I'm kind of jumping ahead. That's okay. But, Sorry. <laughs> like I said, I, I lived, when I lived, I moved to to Brooklyn when I was like 16. So I still continued to go to my high school in the Bronx. And so if you have any listeners in New York city, from where I lived at in Brooklyn, which was East New York, to where my school was, which is in like kind of the tip into the Bronx, like Mashula Parkway, mm-hmm. a little bit past where Yankee Stadium is at, well, mm-hmm. not a little bit, but a lot. Um, that's about an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minute train commute, like just one way. Right. So it's like three hours and some change total being on the train. So my mother, I would have to get out of my house at like 6 and get to the walk to the train station and catch like a 620 train and then I would be at school like on time. My mother would like wake me up and like talk to me and chastise me and like run down all these paranoid conspiracy theories to me mm. un- <laughs> until 545 in the morning oh, and then she goodness. would look at the clock and go, okay, I'm done. Like purposefully like, okay, I'm done. You gotta get ready for school now. And then so i have literally 15 minutes to get ready for school, get on the bus, uh, well, not even get on the bus, walk to the train station, get on the train, and I would zonk out. I would pass out on the train. Like, I would be straight to sleep. As soon as yeah. the train hit, I would sleep on the train, get to school, and then I had to go to school like that. And then so, of course, I had issues at school. <laughs>
0: right. Now I was going to say, that must have affected your schooling, like, immensely, that to – I'm sorry go ahead no no go ahead I was gonna say just to be that tired because I remember because my mom was undiagnosed something as well and she would stay up all night long and like do art projects and like blast Mm -hmm. music all night and it would be like trying to sleep I would actually go out in the garage and go sleep in the back of the station wagon because it was the quietest place that I could find to like sleep in our house so I totally relate to that and what happened is that I had teachers who kind of knew that there was something not quite right in my house and they would let me sleep through class. But because I I had such a high IQ, I could get away with that. Like and still pass, you know, so it was like, but I, I can totally relate to that. It's, um, I totally get that. I can remember like second and third grade, just like dying. As soon as I hit the bus and be like, Oh my God, I don't know how we got through I don't know how we got through our childhoods, (laughs) you know?
1: Uh, uh, Laughter. I, I, Joke around, which is is good and bad, and my brother and sister will tell you about it. So I actually have three sisters, but I, they're like stepsisters, so they didn't mm-hmm. like grow up through this, but they went through their own hell and mm-hmm. in their own beginning part of the family before we came a family. Right. Um, but like, my brother is older, so we're separated, and so like my brother, the age gap between myself and my brother is sixteen years that's a long yeah that's a big gap so it's 16 years and then my then between me and my sister is five years so and then it's 11 year gap between my sister and my brother so that's why it's 16 years and um so my sister and i were closer so my brother left so once my brother could go he was gone. He joined the, the military. He was in the Navy and then went into the marine. So he was gone. gone. Eight, 18, no, 19 years old. He was out. Like, I'm not coming back. I'm out of yep. here. And then so me and my sister grew up and we have a very morbid sense. So we crack jokes at everything because that's the only way we knew how to survive was to joke about it.
0: Yep. Because
1: I mean, when we're getting like punched in the face or stuffed in a car or dragged downstairs, the only way to survive it later on without having, like, severe nightmares is completely joke about it. You mm-hmm. joke about the – we joke about the face we made when we got dragged down the stairs. Or we joke about how if we ever saw the flight attendant that walked into the bathroom in the airport and was watching my mom, like, beat us down like we were thugs in the street, like, we would throw her a wow. beating right now. Like, we we joke about this, and I know it's morbid. I know your listeners are going to be like, oh, my you God. You there? Yes, I'm still here. No, I'm sorry. Are you okay? Are these good? Yeah,
0: good. I just had like a glitch, so we're all good.
1: Yeah. So we joke about throwing that lady a beating, and I know you don't you know, like hit women or anything, but we joke about that, and it's we joke about it because we're angry about it because someone walked in, and my mom had just finished like beat me up. So I remember because I can remember looking oh, at my face in the mirror. Yeah. And, like, uh, my face was, like, swollen. I was crying. I was red. I was probably, like, eight or nine years old. Probably nine. Yeah. And um, and then my, she had my sister on the ground. Uh, she was just beating the shit out of my sister, like, full punches, just beating her in the stall in the bathroom. And the flight attendant walked in, looked at everything that was happening, and walked right out and didn't say anything. Nothing. Oh, my God. Because we ended up getting on a flight. Um, like it's because this is the kidnapping part that I'm jumping ahead to, but we ended up getting on the flight. My mom took us, God knows, I don't even know where we got to, um, shit, I don't even know where we went to first. No, we didn't. My sister didn't get on the flight because then my sister thought my mom thought my sister was a demon. And, uh, so she called my aunt and my aunt came and picked my sister up and then she took me to Mexico and I lived in Mexico for like three weeks. I lived in Mexico city for three weeks. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we, we have a really morbid sense of humor. And so we joke and we are very sarcastic at everything. And I joke at everything. Like I make jokes at everything to the point where sometimes in life like, it's like, okay, stop playing. Right. Like, but I don't know. I don't know how to deal with anything else like that. I can be serious, but then if I'm serious, like I will, tear this house apart like so i can't be too serious because if i'm serious then you need to you know like i tell people all the time like oh you're so nice i can't believe you're so nice i'm like yeah but i'm nice until it's time for me not to be nice and if i'm not nice then you're gonna have to arrest me or someone's gonna have to physically restrain me to stop me from doing whatever has made me upset because i don't have like once i get to the point where i'm mad i don't have an off button
0: and right, that, yeah. that's
1: slowly, I don't have it because I just don't, that mental part of myself where if I have to go there mentally, then it just like rehashes everything. And then I'm yep. just like, and then it's like, okay, okay, he's psychotic. We should yep. not have made him upset. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and um, <laughs> you know, hence why Hulk, the Hulk is always one of my favorite like I'm very much into anime and cartoons and cartoons and marvel and comic books and superheroes and the hulk has always been one of my favorite characters for that cuz I could always relate to the hulk I could always relate to to literally being angry all the time which is the only reason why I don't rage out at things
0: and I just crack jokes at stuff all the time I get that I'm I have a warped sense of humor you have to I mean my bestie friends understand that like they know that I'm covering for like pain and stuff like that but people that don't know me just think I'm like legitimately just out of my mind yeah, they you think know?
1: you're a dick <laughs> they think you're a dick they're like dude you're like really and I'm like I'm not a dick like and and it covers it because I can make it funny for everyone like it can make it palpable for everybody yeah but like when my sister listened to it she's like really did you have to say that I was like well that needed to be said you know yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> right <laughs> it's like you know, living, living life filtered because I mean well we weren't taught like you know I, I tried to mention that to somebody else the other day they're like um because there's something really like housework is like sometimes ab- above and beyond what I can my capability of understanding how to do it the right way mm-hmm. you know like everybody knows how to clean a house and I'm like not everybody that grew up with a parent that was undiagnosed with something mentally wrong with them know stuff because you just don't know what you don't know if you're not taught like you know like talking to people if you're not taught how to speak with the people then you're not going to do it correctly you know it's like and I, I totally relate to you with that it's um and like do you do you tend to isolate or do you are you a, an overachiever are you out and about all the time it depends
1: it honestly does and I I, I am a talker, uh, and so I have a podcast. <laughs> and I
0: like,
1: this. just I, I,
0: your I name is, your podcast. Let everybody know what your podcast is. Oh Give- yeah,
1: um, my podcast is called Multiple Podcast Disorder, and uh, which is funny. <laughs> uh, it's multiple podcast disorder, as what we're talking about, and well, I just I like to talk about multiple different po- uh, topics. So I, I kind of hate being stuck into a box because I'm like, well. I mean, easily I could just talk about sports, you know, because like sports were part of my entire life. Right. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Everybody else does that. And I have all these other different loves and sides that I want to speak about. So I named it multiple podcast disorder. You can find me at uh, many different podcast hosting hosting sites. Uh, you can check my link tree, which is uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash multiple podcast disorder. And that will give you all of my uh, social media sites which is facebook and instagram at this point and it'll give you all links to all of my podcasting hosting sites in one uh wonderful little social media page
0: okay, <laughs> okay everybody listen to his podcast okay so go out there and listen to it after you listen to this one of course um yes. so.
1: shameless, shameless plug shameless
0: plug it's all right it's, uh-huh. what it's, all, it's what it's all about so um so i'm gonna guess that like school well were you always a jock? I mean, I know that's like a terrible word, but like, were you always? No, because no? like uh, no,
1: no, I was laughing. I said that's funny. No, uh, jock's not a bad word to me. I don't, I don't mind that. I know the connotation behind it is
0: kind of yeah. Bad, the but, connotation is kind of shitty behind it, but I mean, were you? Was is it like sports that saved your life? Because like music is what saved my life. Being in band and jazz band is what like kept me somewhat grounded in my life. So yeah. was it sports for you? That kind of like did you have a coach who like kind of knew that you were having this life or something wasn't quite right. And like, you know, picked you up. No, nobody knew. Nobody nope. knew about me.
1: Nobody knew. Nobody outside of my family knew what my life was. Even my close friends. Like if I, if I talked to some of my close friends now that I had in high school, you know, and we're known each other for 25 some odd years, they would be shocked if I told them some of this stuff, because I always grew up with the adage in my house, especially my dad. My dad was like, whatever happens in this house stays in this house. You don't take this outside. So I didn't tell teachers. I didn't, you know, my mom presented very, very well when you called Mm -hmm. her on the phone, when you talked to her. Like, so no one outside of the family knew that this was happening. So I didn't have a coach that was, you know, oh, hey, Chris, you know, not on that level in terms of me dealing with this stuff at home. Wow. I I hated school because it was slow for me. Like get that. Yeah. it was slow and I, I liked learning, but I hated someone sitting there and talking at me. Like I love to do things and experience them and, and learn by doing and, and I and I needed like some visuals and I needed to try it with my hands. I needed to do that. And this is before they had schools where, you know, they could it's specific like here. He needs to, he thinks in this type of way. So we need to have a school that is beneficial to him. Right. So I kind of, I kind of was like, you know, that adage of, you know, if you teach a fish to, if you judge a fish by how well he climbs a tree, right. Then, you know what I'm saying? It's like, going so to fail. It's going to fail all the time. So that was kind of like me, like I would do really well in, in uh, like reading classes. I love like reading and literature and being able to have discussions with my classmates and my teachers. And I would get A's in those classes. I would never miss it. Um, but in, like, math and things like that, I, in other just classes that I thought the teachers were, like, idiots, you know, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm out of here, you know? Like, and I just wouldn't show up, you know? And I and, and I had other things that I dealt with. Like, I had, like, racial issues. I had, um, you know, the jock thing. I had a teacher tell me, and now I'm I, in the inner city. So this is an African-American teacher telling me this telling me that I was only going to grow up and be a wife beater and go to jail in the middle of class class. because I was sitting. Yeah. (laughs) I was sitting next to a girl and we were friends and we were joking around and she had like, kind of like tapped me on my leg and I tapped her back and, you know, we just acting silly in class, 17 year olds or 16 year olds or whatever, you know, flirting, whatever you could call that, maybe call it. And then she turned around and like looked at me and was like, "That's it. That's it. That's all you're ever going to be. You're not. You don't pay attention. Ah. You're just going to be a wife beater." Like in it, like called me out in the middle of the class. So of course me, I I already have enough women screaming at me, you know. Right. I like, yeah. So I was just like, "Okay, fuck you then." <laughs> so then I threw a desk at. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, don't. I, I don't. don't, don't so that's, that, if that's what I'm going to be, then that's what I'm going to be. So then I threw a desk and I left. Wow. And so I would just cut a lot of classes. So I remember my freshman, sophomore year, I literally would just come to school for football. And then I would have good grades during football season, you know, make sure you stay eligible. And then after football, I would like literally fail. Like <laughs> I'd fail like 50% of my classes because I, I was in a special program um, for, because I had tested well. I had tested into my high school and I was in the exceptionally high it's called the Macy program. And so I got into that program, and I had nine periods of class a day, whereas everyone else in my high school they were done at like seven period, right. and two extra periods, and they were like honors classes or AP yep. classes. So basically, like I failed and flunked out of it, and I got put in like tower, powerhouse or tower whatever it is, basically general general population for students, right? So they threw me back <laughs> into gen pop, and um, I uh, so then I kind of just survived skin in my teeth and and then I had a couple of teachers like I guess to go back to answer your question I had a couple of teachers that noticed that I was intelligent and noticed I guess the way that I needed to learn and kind of hear from people and so uh, Mr. Aaron Reich Mr. E who was kind of on hello yeah so we get to go
0: yeah I think so hold on a second here okay I don't. I can't get the music to stop on here. Hold on. Are you there?
1: I'm here. I still
0: here. Yay! You. Okay, good. So we were talking about Mr. E before technology decided. Yeah. Did you
1: hear me? Did you hear me? Okay.
0: I heard you all the way up to there, and then I I was waiting. Oh my god! This tech sometimes with anchors just sometimes you know. Yes. <laughs> you, know
1: what, you, you know what I use? Like if I don't have to use Anchor, I use Zoom. Cause it's free, and you—if you're just talking with two people, like you and a guest, yeah—you can, you can go for like however long your computer wants to record.
0: Yeah, I'm—I'm going to start switching over to Zoom. But anyway, so. Back to Mr. E who. Yes.
1: So Mr. E was an English teacher, which is ironic. His name is Mr. E. and So Mr. Ehrenreich, he taught English. And he, like I said, he used to tell me or he started to tell me, he's like, if I can do well in his class and if I can have A's in his class, then I can have A's and, and B's in other teachers' classes. And it was selfish of me to only behave a certain way because I liked him. And so I never mm-hmm. had anybody break that down to me and understand that I was, I liked him. Therefore, I did better in his class. And then that same example happened in Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bruskiewicz's class, who, again, liked to be called Mr. B. But Mr. Bruskowitz, he at he, a draw. He got a bunch of football players in his class. So we were kind of it's a math class. So we we're all kind of talking in the back, clustered in one section. And then he just was like, what do I have to do so you guys pay attention in class? Like, he wasn't yelling at us or, like, spazzing out. He's like, what do I have to do? Basically, what do I have to do for you guys to trust me? And um, one of my friends, Mecca, his, name, well, his real name was Ronell. I'm throwing out your, your government name, Ronnell.
0: Right <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: um, Mecca was like, you got to learn to rap. You you gotta learn, it. and he was like, okay, what rap? And they were, and this was Biggie Smalls was, was popular, was everywhere, because right. I was in high school. I started, I was a freshman in '95, so you gotta say this is probably '96, '97 right now. Okay. And then, so we were like, you gotta learn Biggie Smalls, uh, "More Money, More Problems." So, <laughs> you know, we I, I just like something super stupid and random and immature, and he was like, okay, give me a week, and we was like gonna learn it by next week we're gonna we're just fast out we're gonna wild out in class right so he comes in the next week and we're like all right so he sits there and drops it and like raps the whole verse and just like kills it and we're like and from then on we we're like <laughs> the best students in this class we we're telling the other kids shut up hey shut up trying to do the lesson. don't make me come over there be- i'll beat the shit out shut up no, that's and funny. Then, like, his class was silent like he it was, and it worked and it didn't have to, it could have backfired. But for some reason we was like, wow, he really asked us something. We told him and then he did what he said. And then, so from then on, then I kind of had better.
0: Mad respect. I had, yeah, yeah. I had yeah.
1: respect for him. I had better relationships with teachers and, you know, I still kind of skated by, like I did enough that when it was time for me to graduate, like I made sure I had all my classes I was good. Like, I had my classes and I graduated and I was good. But, like, school wasn't my friend. I got better at it when I went to college because I was by myself. Like, I didn't have to deal with a lot of that stuff. Right. And then I was older so I can hang up on my mom. <laughs> like, if right. my mom called me and she was in a manic state, I was like, okay, get the fuck out of here. And right. I would just hang up the phone so I didn't have to, like, be completely immersed in that drama. So, yeah, school was rough. Um, I didn't have a teacher or, or I had a coach that did say I could play college football and that kind of turned the light on too. He was like, you can play college football, but you got to stop acting like a dumbass and you got to get to school. And he's like, cause if you don't get to school, when it's time for you to graduate, he like, cause I know you will graduate. You're smart enough. You'll figure it out. You'll graduate, but your grades won't be good enough and you won't be able to play. Uh... And, then, and then, so I was like, okay. So I kind of started thinking about that.
0: And then, you know,
1: I went to school more and I and I kind of studied and buckled down and I got a system. I basically made a system not to study. I made a system not to see my parents. And I know for listeners that don't understand that, and maybe you probably understand that, mm-hmm. I, I made a system to not see them. So I was at home as little as possible. Mm-hmm. So it would diminish the chances that some crazy random offhand drama would happen.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, how was how was the relationship between your parents? It must have been um, caustic. Is that a good word?
1: Yeah, it was, you know what? It was good when it was good. Like, when, when things were okay, my dad, since my dad loves my mom to this day, they're separated, of course. Um, my dad asked me every day that I talk to him. Well, I don't talk to him every day, but every time mm-hmm. I do talk to my dad, he'll still ask me, how's your mother? He's like, how's your mother doing? Is she Okay. She's doing all right. And I'm like, Ma, she's doing okay. She's taking a man. She's had, had an episode. He's like, okay. Because he loved my mom. You know, he he's loved my mom to death. And then, like I said, my brother and sister are not my dad's biological children. So, mm-hmm. I'm, my, I'm my only, I'm my dad's only biological child. But my dad raised my brother from the time he was like five. No, he, uh, no, to the time he was, like, uh, I don't know, 10-ish or so, he raised my brother. And then my sister w- was, like, a baby. And then he raised, basically, my sister from, like, a baby or from, like, one years old. And then they had me. So wow. my dad took care of everybody. So my dad is dad. to so like, my brother and my sister, my dad is dad. And then I have two stepsisters because my dad is remarried now. Um, but it was good. Like my When it was good, it was good. But when it was bad, it was bad.
0: It was and, bad, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then my dad hung on. Like, and my dad wasn't an angel. Like, my dad was addicted to drugs. And, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, it, it was a multi layered um, childhood of shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it, was, as my, it
1: was a multi layered ice cream cake. I get it. Food. I totally it get was, it. You know, my dad yeah. was on drugs, and my dad was out of the house, and my dad was like stealing shit from the house. And then my mom was doing, her, and it was weird because at that most stressful time, my mom did her best to keep it together. When it was just her by herself raising me and my sister, she did her best to keep things together. And then as my dad came back in the picture, she was like, oh, everything's okay now. And then she had it's more it's episodes. It's
0: again. Yep. Yeah.
1: She had more episodes as it happened once my dad got himself clean yeah, he was back in the picture and he was like, oh yeah, I'm fine. So then it was more episodes. And war fights.
0: So, when did your mom finally get help? I mean, could you say now that she's on meds and all that? So, uh,
1: my mom, I don't know, my mom started seeing a therapist. I think I was probably 12 or 13 when she started seeing a the therapist. And I think I was 16 when she started taking medicine, medication. And then we kind of had a name for it. Like it was manic depressive. Like we like the kids, like me and my sister, like, oh, okay. That's what this like crap we've been going through. That's what this is called. And then she started taking medicine that we knew of. She started taking medicine. Um, but then that was off and on. Then she would take it and then she was would... Hello? Oh, okay.
0: Sorry. I not you I it's I don't know if it's gonna snow out here or something because this is like usually when I start getting disconnects like that it's something to do with the weather out here oh. on this mountain so okay. It's, all right your, and so can, can I ask you
1: a question before we yeah am I talking too much
0: like no I, you're talking, oh. it's fine okay it's all, I want you to talk it's your interview so I you're fine You're <laughs> <laughs> seriously so um So we're talking about your mom, and she would so she would be on meds, and then she would what start feeling better, and then off her meds because because that's what you do when you're bipolar. Yeah, you go on them and then go off them. And then when she would go off them, would her episodes would she have episodes like immediately after that? I mean, was it because I'm just trying to figure out like because I know in my family, my mom never got help, and. You know, it was like our family, we walked around on eggshells for the better part of our, yes. of my growing up life. Yeah. Yes. So it was like that for you too. It's like, you just don't, you just don't know. And then you say one wrong thing and all of a sudden, like your whole life is flipped upside down. So yes. yeah, it's a terrible way to grow up. How is your self-esteem? I mean, was it, did, I mean, cause my mom said some stuff to me during her episodes that were just like. I maybe the same happened to you. That were just like, where did where did this come from? You know, it's like all this awful hellish stuff yeah. that is coming from like the pits of, yeah. you know, I don't know where, but it it destroys you as a kid. You ask, do you really love
1: me, and should I really be here?
0: Yeah. Wow. Um,
1: I used to ask myself that every night. I used to like, I uh, I don't even know how far I want to go into it. But I know, like, if my mom would do something to me, like, yell at me or say something to me or, like, curse me out or hit me or whatever, I used to sit up at night and, like, I, used to, I this is when I learned how to self or inner inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. I used to, like, play the events and be like, I know I didn't say something. Oh like, God. I used to replay those events. And then I used to, like, flip out and then tear myself. Like, well, maybe you did say something like that. Or Or maybe you are bad. And then I should get on that. Well, maybe you are bad. You do get in trouble a lot at school. And you do do things at home. And so maybe it's just she's still mad at something. And I used to, like, I used to really go down some, like, rabbit holes as a kid. Like, there's adults that can't self-dialogue. And I was, like, sitting up in the middle of the night at, like, 12 trying to figure out my whole life existence in my house. Like, what is it going to be? And then what's so terrifying and I'm pretty sure you can, uh, you'll agree. And like, yep, you know, like, amen, brother. It's like waking up the next morning and it completely be different. And your mom is like, oh, hey, and loving you and hugging you. And you, it is so terrifying because like you just said that I was like a piece of shit and you wish you could kick me out of the window. Uh-huh. But no, no <laughs> less than nine hours later after yep. I wake up, you're giving me a hug and telling me how you love me, and you, I'm her little man, and all this other stuff, and it's, it's scary. It's so terrifying to see that and to experience that. People don't understand how ter, like, 'cause then you don't know. You're like, well, what? It's like right. dealing with a, it's with a villain.
0: It's He's like, like which, gaslighting you. Yeah, yeah we're gaslighting, exactly. It's like, which is the truth? Which of these things that you have said to me is real? And where do I ground myself between what you're saying about me at mm-hmm. this point? And at this point now, you're telling me that it's like, do you not remember like what, what happened? You know, and mm-hmm. yeah, I totally, I totally get that. The gaslighting is a perfect way to put it, too, because it's like, you feel like you're going insane and you're not, You know, it's just because they can't regulate and, you know, yeah, it's, it, I get, it's terrifying. I was just confused as a child. Like I was just always confused because nothing made sense. I would go to my friend's house and I would see how their family was. And it was like, my house is nothing like this, (laughs) you know, right. It's like, it's nothing like this. And I, I would never have people come to my house because, because, you know, that's the last thing I wanted my friends to go in there and see my mom like doing the merengue with a banana on her head or something like that, yeah. you know, <laughs> like because you just it, never knew what you were walking know. into. So it was, it was, yeah, it was horrific. And so how does that affect you? I mean, have you been in therapy? Were you afraid that the gene might've passed to you? And did you like ever get yourself evaluated to make sure that, you know, you were as normal as whatever normal means.
1: Yeah, uh, normal as normal is, right? I I went to therapy and I don't like it because, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but when you go into therapy and you have to start and tell, okay, tell me from the beginning and you like kind of tell your life story. Yep. You know what I? You know what I end up getting? I don't get help. I don't get. Oh my god. Well, let's talk about that. I get. Oh my god. I can't believe you survived that. And then, yeah. so, so then, the, so then, like the next successive sessions become it's like there, it's this like entertaining, it's like Netflix for them. Then, they the therapist, like, oh my god, so <laughs> so tell me what happened next. So, when she kidnapped you and you went to Mexico, and then you ended up making friends with this prostitute by the pool, can you tell me more about that? And it's like, this is not fucking Netflix, lady. Like, tell me why I don't cry in real life, but if I see a fucking movie, I will tear up. Like, right? tell me why. The fact that I saw somebody get thrown off a roof and literally explode in front of me, and I had no fucking problem with it. But I watched Rocky, and when he <laughs> talks to his son in Rocky, and he's like, it's not how hard you get hit, but how hard you can get hit and, you know, how not, not how hard you hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving. I fucking tear up like a blubbering baby. Like, right. explain that to me. Why is that? Why is my emotions tripped off like that not asking me how did it feel to make friends with a prostitute that I didn't know was a prostitute like I need you to and so that's why I don't I don't subscribe to therapy because that I I guess in my experiences that's what has happened because I tell them my story and then they just they become fascinated with the story versus fascinated with the trauma that is involved with the story
0: exactly
1: And, and so I don't subscribe to it too much but the first time when I did go I, I think I went like two or three times um that I've tried it and um uh, just so anybody who's a therapist out there or big proponent advocate of therapy I have tried it um <laughs> uh, I have went there more than once you know and sometimes it's, it's helped. I had one lady that helped, but it was like a job thing. Like yeah, they paid for like three different times. Right. And I was able to go and I was like, well, let me take advantage of this. Cause they have a mental health thing. I'm going to go take advantage of it. But it was only like three times. And then they like spawn you off to a specialist. And the first lady, she was so good. And I, and I know it was good because I would tell her and have a session and come home and be completely exhausted. Like I right. didn't do anything. I would be exhausted. Like honey, I tell my wife, like, i gotta i gotta lay down and i would just like pass out and i would feel so much better and then i never i've never had that experience again
0: wow that's unfortunate i've never had that i've (laughs) had good and bad therapy too i mean because i'm in therapy because i i have bipolar on top of it but i've also been in like trauma therapy to try to deal with my childhood stuff and um I I agree with you. I would go home from those sessions and I would just be like flat out. I would just be laid out. It's like, cause I mean, it's mentally exhausting to go back and relive some of the stuff and then try to fix it. See, I'm older than you. You think you're old. I just, (laughs) I just turned 55 in January. So yeah, I may not look 55 for all you people out there that are Googling my pictures all the time. Uh, Thank you. But, um, (laughs) you know, but, um, yeah, but I mean, still to this day, there's like stuff that, that crops up mm-hmm. and it's like, where did this come from? And then it seems like the more I do the podcast, which I do into like complex PTSD yeah. and stuff like that, that we go through as kids, it seems to trigger a little bit more like, cause I'm, I'm opening my mind up to accept stuff yeah. to help. Understand other people but in the meanwhile my brain is going but but you forgot about this and you forgot about that and it's like it's
1: taking you uh, back to those situations
0: i mean and i'm still kind of in therapy i <laughs> i i feel the same as you like when i'm starting to like go down the rabbit hole which seems to be like one of the best expressions ever um and I know that I should be in therapy. I'll touch base with him, but I'm not really honest with him anymore because it's like, are you guys writing like the story of the week or something? Because I feel like you're. Hey, back again. Yeah, anchor's pissing me off something fierce right now. Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking about unreal, unre- like uh, anger and stuff like that. So anyway, yeah. so let's just um. Let's just finish this up tonight, and then I'm probably going to have you on again some of the time when it's not so lurpy like it is now, because your story yeah. is seriously interesting. Well, so- it's
1: nice hearing, it's nice talking to somebody else, too, like other than my sister and my brother. It's talking to somebody else that I can understand, so that's yeah. pretty cool. So I, I thank you for kind of, I guess, be like showing your artwork and then connecting back and forth, so I appreciate that. Thank you so
0: well, much. You're, you're- Yeah. And I mean, it's always good to not know to know that you're not alone and, you know, stuff like this. And unfortunately, I'm starting to think that more of the society has actually survived things like this than haven't. Yes. You know, but they're just people just don't like to talk about it. And that's why, like when I put my show out there, you know, my few friends I have are like, you're nuts. You're like exposing yourself. To to like the rawest nerve, and I'm like mm-hmm. that's the whole point of this, is to yeah. expose myself so other people, just at least have a sense of community. Like if you listen to my podcast and you're bipolar, you're gonna feel included. You're gonna be like, yes. oh my god, you know, that's what that's my intent is to help to bring stuff into the light so people don't have to be so scared to to be who they are. You know, I yes, mean, to,
1: and to understand themselves, <clears throat> <clears throat> right? Like you, uh, you asked you ask me like. Where I got like diagnosed, I remember like I was gonna say is, um, I got diagnosed with uh, dysthymia, which is like mild form of depression, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and PTSD, so I don't like I don't like like I've never been that kid that guy that goes to clubs like I don't like clubs, you know, like because I'm always watching people's hands. Like I've never been in the military or anything like that, but I've been in like violent situations, so. Like I'm always watching people's body language, so I'm never comfortable in spaces like that. Like I don't, I don't sit with my back to the doors. Oh like me, I know,
0: yeah. I know,
1: I know where the exits are yeah. when I get into buildings. Like I, I don't, you know, I'm not. I don't cry a lot. I don't trust people's feelings. So like when, which is a which is a big thing with like my wife and I. We've been like, we've always kind of gone back and forth at that. Like. If I'm mad at something and then you start crying, I get really pissed off because I'm like, "Why the fuck are you crying right Right. now? Because, because I'm the one that's upset. So why are you crying? So now we're trying to hijack it, and now I got to deal with you crying versus dealing with my emotions,
0: with my own emotions. And so,
1: so I get really like weird in that type of space. Like I don't like when people tell me, "Oh yeah, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just so, I'm just so tired. I'm just so emotionally drained." And I and I kind of give them the basic response of, oh yeah man i know how that feels you know and i'm like just get the fuck up like, need <laughs> like you need to get up like I, everybody's tired like everybody's right like, like, like
0: pull, pull your shit together man just you know. <laughs> like,
1: like fix your fix your face like my mom used to say to me fix your face and get your shit together let's yep. go and then you just, you just gotta move on and then so i know sometimes like things in my life happen or like especially like raising kids you know and I, I I'm like, okay, you know, my mom would be like, well, what this just happened. This okay. <laughs> right. Okay, so there's either the outcome of okay, they have their punishment, let's give them their punishment, or if it's something that with the school or whatever it is we don't like, okay, what is it that we're gonna do? Okay, okay, he hit a kid, okay. Then let's figure out why he did it and then move on from there. Like I'm not gonna break down Or I'm not going to constantly talk about it. Because I'm already like, okay, let's move on. Let's fix it or figure it out and move on. Whereas, like, I want to say normal people in quotes, they fixate. And they become really emotional about it. You know? And so they fixate. And they're emotional. And they want to be emotional and get it out. And I'm like... (sighs) <sighs> we're wasting fucking time
0: exactly like, we right
1: emotional when right? we're done like we gotta move on like come on now like let's go
0: people tell okay. me i'm yeah they're like you're like spocked on and i'm like what do you mean by that and they're like you're just yeah. so logical. like you i mean i am emotional don't get me wrong like when i'm a yes. deep depression i mean but as far as being around people oh hell no Nobody sees me cry. I'll laugh a lot, you know, to cover the you yeah. know, the clown that's covering the pain type thing. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as like there's there's one person in my life right now who like legitimately knows me, you know, like inside and out. And that's and that's the only person that will, you know, because I don't need everybody seeing my shit and knowing, you know, it goes back to that hiding thing, I guess, again, from childhood yeah. where, like, you know, you cover you just cover and cover and cover. But, like, I hope with your wife that sometimes, like, you just actually, like, just let it all go and are just like, oh, my God, honey, this is, like, the fucking shittiest time ever. And, like, you know. I try to. She
1: still works on me. You know. So, like, my wife is the best thing that's ever happened to me, like, in my entire
0: life. Well, that's good. Like, she's
1: the greatest thing ever. And we've been together for 13 years. And we, like, and she helped me work through a lot of this. Like, she knows this. Like, she knows the nitty-gritty. And then she actually experienced it. Like I said, like, when my son was born my mom had a huge episode when she came out to visit and it was like to the point you need to get the fuck out mom wow i'm, call- I'm calling your airplane transport i spent 400 extra dollars and got your flight changed to wow. leave tomorrow morning we are going to a hotel and you're staying here wow. and you better be fucking ready when i come and you got to go wow. and then she and then within 24 hours she was gone because I'm like, I my wife just came home with my son,
0: yeah. And my son, my son has to go
1: back and forth because he's got like jaundice at this time, yeah. So he's going back and forth to the hospital. I have a two year old who's going through terrible twos and like separation because now there's a new baby, right? So I, you know, and I'm working like long hours at this bank, and I'm like,
0: holy
1: shit, you gotta go.
0: Oh <laughs> like well, yeah that's like the, the last happens. thing you need is an episodic parent while you're like trying yes. to pull your shit together and like that's oh my god that's the last thing like, yeah. actually I, was like, you need. You, I
1: was like you gotta get the fuck out of here and that was the that was the last time so six years ago so it'll be seven when my son is turned seven this summer it'll be seven years since i saw my mom physically
0: yeah, I, I understand that. I was, I hadn't seen my mom in like over 20 years. And then I tried, I desperately tried to fix the relationship. And um, it didn't even last like three months before I had to block her off my Facebook and, and yeah. like write her off again, because it was like, there's just a point of no return. It's just, you know, I mean, you just know, it's like, this is never going to change. This is detrimental to my health and my well being. And you know, and it's not doing her any good, obviously, because she's still acting the same way. So, yeah, I get yeah, that. So we I get did, it. I
1: mean, we talked. Like I got called her, she talks to me or she texts me, and I, and then, uh, it's kind of going way back to your older question. She's been better within this six and a half years, like no, no blow ups that my sister or my brother have seen. And so we've been, that's been really good, but I'm still very scared to be like, cause my wife I was like, let's go, let's go take the kids back to New York and they can see where you grew up at and then we can go see your mom. I'm like, yeah, so I'm just scared. I'm just scared to do that.
0: I don't blame and, you.
1: And, you know, cause I'm like, all right, if it's like a day, if it's like six hours, then I want them to have the best six hour snapshot of grandma exactly. that they can possibly have. But I don't want them because they don't remember what was going. Like my daughter doesn't remember. When I was, you know, she was two. She's just about turning two, so she doesn't remember any of that. No, which is great. But I don't want them to have a bad snapshot of my mom.
0: Right. You they know? don't need to be traumatized by grandma when you know it's. Po- no. Yeah. And they don't
1: need. They don't need to do that. And they got to go see grandma, grandpa. They got to see my dad, which is hilarious. My dad was like the hardest dad growing up. My dad was like. I will come. Like my dad had the best things. Like, and I know I've been talking about a lot. We were talking about a lot of heavy things, but the funny things of my dad. My dad had the best. Like I'm gonna beat you up sayings and.